0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah, I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from my part of the world, Seattle, Washington, Jim Cruzie. Jim Cruzie is the owner of Carnection Advisors, I love that name, a new concept that provides confidential and objective classic car advice to their clients by assisting them in pre-planning the future of their collection. It's an important part of an estate but frequently gets left to the surviving spouse at the worst possible time. Their four-step process helps you map out your car collecting plans and the future. Up until now, Jim's career was in specialty insurance focused on motorsports and collector cars. For 30 years, his career in insuring antique and exotic cars took him around the country and the world. His father, Keith, was a drag racer. He raced a Model A Roadster in the 50s and worked in restoration on pre-1914 cars. And hundreds of those cars passed through the shop as Jim was growing up playing with bikes and cars. We'll be back in a minute to learn more about Jim and his company. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yacht possible. So sit tight, keep the seatbelt on, and we will be right back. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the backseat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's yeah H One Two Zero at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. Kevin Buckler is a winning racer and team owner of The Racers Group. He has over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24 Hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans. Kevin realized the racing world is about the people and founded Adobe Road Winery. He and his team have created a winning combination with The Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own with a racing twist. Just like in racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, superb taste, all blended together with a whole lot of fun. There are four carefully crafted blends with race-inspired names, Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. When you purchase all four, you get the entire lineup in a beautifully designed gift box. There's a printed description of the blends inside the box lid, and every bottle is parked in a protective die-cut placeholder. The bottles feature three-dimensional labels, and I promise you'll want to keep them after enjoying these delicious wines. The box is so cool, you'll want to keep it too. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYA, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wine from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYAT at checkout for $10 off on your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAT today to get your deal. Cheers! The fourth annual Saratoga Motor Car Auction will take place on Friday, September 18th, and Saturday, September 19th. It will be held at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in the beautiful Saratoga Spa State Park, located in upstate New York. Presented by the Saratoga Automobile Museum, a not-for-profit institution, this live event continues to be the premier collector car auction for the northeastern United States. Proceeds from the auctions help support the museum's educational programs and exhibits that engage, educate, and inspire the automotive community. To consign your vehicle, view current inventory and register to bid visit saratogamotorcarauctions.org there you can learn how finance partner jj best bank and insurer partner Haggerty can help put you in your dream vehicle that's saratogamotorcarauctions.org hey jim welcome to cars yeah are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride ready to do it all right we'll have some fun you know such a beautiful day here in the pacific northwest and you know you living up here with me where it rains quite a bit Uh, days like this are quite spectacular so uh, later i'll get out maybe walk my neighbor's dog and get out and enjoy the sunshine something worth doing but before we get into the questions i want to ask you this sure what's one little thing that most people don't know about you jim
1: one little thing they don't know about me well i would consider myself a serial entrepreneur And the one thing about that they probably don't know is that my first venture into business was in the fourth grade. And me and a friend started a flavored toothpick company. (laughs) And we sold toothpicks to our classmates. And depending on the flavor and the strength, that's how you develop the price. And it became popular enough that they actually banned toothpicks at the school that I went to because there were remnants of toothpicks everywhere. (laughs) And with our proceeds, again, thinking fourth grade now, my friend and a couple other friends took our money. We went to see the Arctic Fox, which was a Disney movie. And that was our reward. So I started young and trying to find opportunities and develop products associated with it. And, uh, yeah, that was fourth grade, flavored toothpicks. That's how I got my start. You know,
0: I'm laughing here because my friend Steve Fitch and I did the exact same thing. We had go. flavored toothpicks and we had to stop for the same reason. Uh, uh, the principal came to see us and said, hey, I admire what you guys are doing, but you can't be bringing these to school. They're all over the place. The custodian says it's a mess. Sure. So you know what we did? We moved to his garage and we opened the Playboy bar. And <laughs> And that's a long story for another time, but uh, I'm just, I'm smiling with fondness here, thinking back to Steve and I sitting there. We had, we had a street newspaper we developed. We'd write stories about our neighbors and things, and we'd interview them. And yeah, that entrepreneurial blood, did you, did you get that from your dad because of his drag racing and his business?
1: You know, what's interesting is the actual the answer to that is actually no. My father and actually my, my, my parents were more blue collar than I'd say white collar and they would never discourage me from doing anything. But from an entrepreneurial perspective, business always came to my father. He didn't have to go look for it. And I think that sometimes is a difference between an entrepreneur who creates something when they see, you know, there's something out there that a hole needs to be filled. And my dad was always one that people would come knock on his door. Kind of a nice problem to have, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, they just, they didn't discourage it. But growing up, you know, we do flea markets and I, dealt in big little books. I don't know if you remember those or not, oh, those yeah. little yes. books and things like that. Yeah. You know, I started going to Hershey, 1973 was my first year at Hershey. Wow! And back in the days when you still saw kids ha- with haulers and things like that around. And uh, my dad made me a gas powered hauler one year to haul stuff for people. So, um, No, it was just—it's one of those things that uh, I think you're just kind of born with it. Yeah, not necessarily genetic. It's just kind of the way it goes. But yeah, (laughs) toothpicks—that was the start.
0: (laughs) I remember those oh so well. Yeah, soaking them in cinnamon and different peppermint. That's right, different flavors and
1: the cinnamon. I'll never forget that was our most expensive one. It was fifty cents because you would—that was the hottest. Yeah, and then you'd have people that wanted to buy it because just to show how tough they were. And so you could charge more. So the other fifth, sixth and seventh graders could prove how tough they were to everybody else. And yeah, it's just, that's how markets work, right?
0: You know, so, I saw online the other day, somebody selling toothpicks that are soaked in whiskey. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, we obviously weren't into that in the fourth grade. And I think I was doing what you were doing about the same time. I know it was elementary school. So, Ah, uh, you brought back some great memories. Thank that's you for funny. that. By the yeah, way, sure. I, I want to shout out to uh, past Karja yeah guest Pete Adoraguzzi from Heacock Insurance. He's a past colleague of yours, and he's the one that introduced you to the show. So if you missed my talk with Pete, go back and check it out. It was great. As we continue on your journey, I want to ask you this question about a success quarter, a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in informing your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning just a little bit here on Carjia. Yeah. So Jim, grab the wheel.
1: Sure. So I've always, again, it's probably a common phrase, but depending how you say it, it means different things, different people do the right thing and do it right. I think that uh, um, when you look at business or relationships or anything, people can do the right thing, but then are they doing it the right way? For example, you find a, a wallet in a store, the right thing is probably to, most people think, go give it to somebody at the store. But you don't know whether or not that person's going to pocket the cash. You just don't know. But you know how you are. So to me, in my book, doing the right thing would be taking the next step, trying to find the person whose wallet it actually was and getting it to them that way. That's kind of the line that I draw. And so going forward, both you know personally and from business perspective, you can't go wrong if you live by that. In no way, no one's ever going to go, well, that was a mistake. No, I did the right thing and, and I did, did it because it was right. I mean, it was one of those things. And you, you just, you, it works for every situation, that little saying. Uh, there's business sayings that you can get into that don't really work personally. You know, greed is good. You know, that kind of stuff, you know, from way back when. Oh yeah. Um, There's people who live by that, right? And that's great. That doesn't work in a family situation or with your friends or whatever. So that's kind of how I've, you know, kind of structured things. You know, it hasn't made for the most successful things, but I can sleep at night well, just and that to me is the most important thing.
0: Is that another trait you learned from your parents? I know from my parents, my dad and my mom, but the idea of honesty was so important and integrity and he learned that from his dad and he told me stories about how his dad integrated that into the importance in his life and pushing it pretty far uh, in some examples. So was that something that came from your parents?
1: Absolutely. And again, I, so I grew up in Indiana. I, I think in his businesses throughout the years, he probably lost more than he made because he was too nice of a guy. Things like if somebody, you know, went from the restoration shop business, if somebody needed something that he had, that they needed a copy, he would just send it to him, yeah. you know? And at some point, I'm sure 90% of the things came back, but there's a few that probably didn't, but it was the right thing to do. And when you're trying to get cars on the road and somebody's got something similar to what you're working on, you just do it because it's the right thing. Right.
0: Let's talk about this business of yours, CarNection Advisors. It's relatively new, I yes. understand. The whole concept behind it, again, is, is really nice. Of what we just talked about is caring for others and helping others in a variety of different situations. So, explain to our listeners what CarNection Advisors is all about. And if you want to, uh, let's touch a little bit on how this pandemic has affected your business. I'm hoping everybody yeah. you know is healthy right now. At this point, yes,
1: actually. Great. Which, again, makes you question the numbers a little bit. Uh, We should know somebody with it. But at this point, everybody that I'm personally related to has no issues whatsoever. Great. Awesome.
0: So explain Carnection Advisors.
1: Yeah. So, again, background, 30 years in the insurance business. So you have lots of conversations with lots of people, both commercially and and personally. And a frequent call question that I would get as the, the business matter expert in the, bu- in the business was, my parents just passed. My father just passed. And the only information we have on this car was the ID card that was in the box, which was the insurance company card, which got to me. And the only thing I could tell people throughout the years were, here's what I would do if I were in your shoes. Um, you could take it to this person and sell it or or whatever. Since we had a fiduciary responsibility as insurance, I couldn't like take money for it, wouldn't do it. Just to give them the best advice, right? And as you talk to collectors, collectors are notoriously great at collecting. They're not good at selling. And unfortunately, um, I'm unique from the standpoint that I'm a second generation car collector. My parents actively involved. Almost all of my friends that I grew up with in the car hobby going on car tours, literally since I was eight, nine years old, they never didn't stay involved. Mm. It's really a unique aspect. And... Part of it, I think, is because they got burnt out. They did too much when they were younger. By the time they got to be 18, I'm done with this, right? (laughs) Well, that didn't happen with me. So you end up having cars getting passed down to people that, one, don't want them, and or, two, the spouse gets left with them. I mean, unfortunately, the way our lives are, you you and I are probably going to go before our wives are. It's just the way it goes. Uh And, again, notoriously good collectors are bad liquidators and so the spouses typically don't know what was spent you know they that's the whole cash thing and all those types of things and then the phone starts ringing it's a tremendous amount of stress on the people that left and so what i did was i kind of constructed a business where we literally sit down document everything about the cars i mean it's interesting you go to an auction and they can't get again my passion's pre-1914 cars so it's a a very unique area in the, in the hobby. And you see people struggling trying to get cars, cars started and they can't do it. Oh, they don't realize is that the, the, the blacksmith guy who owned the car had a little switch under the seat that turned the battery off and on and things like that. He never told anybody because he was the only one that ever drove. So what I do I, is I encourage the owners to document everything they know about their cars because at some point, someone else is going to have to figure it out. And not only that, let's do a video. Walk around, show people. Because guess what? Eventually, you're not going to be here in person to do this for someone else. Right. And then, then we'll decide. You know, your neighbor who is going to say you promised him that 63 split window when you die. He's going to go to your. Wife. We worked on it every weekend. I deserve that car. If you want him to have that car, let's put it in writing. Let's work with your um, estate attorney. Let's make sure it's all there. Yes. So if you want him to have it, there's no question about it. Otherwise, we'll decide what do you want to do with it? Do you want to sell it? And then we'll figure out where the best place that is, whether it's a local dealer, whether it's a friend who they want to help just to give them 10% of the sales price just to get them going, an auction house. And again, from my standpoint, I would get nothing from anyone that I refer anything to, zero. So I have no skin in the game. It's totally up to them. We just want to make sure it's right. And so consequently, what happens is the spouse the wife in this case is like I've been telling you this for years. Why haven't you done it? You got all those books and all that paperwork that's out there. Yeah. We can can digitize it for you. It's all online. We end up. Um, I think one of the nicest things we do. We've got our virtual garage, so we'll put everything on an app form specifically for them. No one else can see it. They can share that with other people. So uh, when you when you go to a show and you see a car that's like yours, you can pull it up right here and. And here's all my documentation. Here's everything I've done for it right there on their phones. Your, your phone, it, that's the most expensive piece of real estate that anyone has. Everybody wants to be right there. It's the most important thing. Right. And if you remember, when we were kids, you'd pull out your wallet with that one picture that was all crinkled up and you know, <laughs> no pictures of your kids or your, anything else but a picture of your cars. Well, this replaces that. And then all at once, if they want to share that with the people, they can forward it to them so they can have it as well. But the bottom line is is just before you need to you work out the details and it's a tough conversation. Uh, people don't want to talk about it they're more than welcome willing to talk about the house and the stocks and all they don't care about that stuff, but when you get down to talking about their cars, that's a completely different convert and it's it's very very difficult. Nobody wants to come to the fact that mortality eventually you're gonna they're gonna move on to somebody else so why don't you? decide where that's going to be. And that's kind of what we do.
0: Yeah. so. So you're, you're a curator if you will, of these vehicles, very much so. And helping, you know, I love this whole concept. Everything about it is great. I know in our family, we have what I call the Red Book, which is a binder I put together for my kids uh, should something happen to my wife and yep. I, um, and even my wife, because I put it together. So if she needs to go and have one source. I can just pull it out. I update it every year, uh, including cars. And, and sure. I have friends. I say, okay, if something happens to us, go talk to Bill. He'll know, yeah. he'll know what the value of the car is, who to get it to. He might even want to buy it. I trust him. He's not going to take advantage. And at this time, I think the value is about this uh, based yep. on market share. So I think it's fantastic. So what's the best way for people to reach out and contact you?
1: Just right off our website. That's the best way. Carnectionadvisors.com. Um, cool. They can email me right through there. They can call me, um, whatever it is. And again, I, I just like talking about cars. So it's one of those things that, you know, just call and we'll talk about cars. It's it's one of those things that uh, you, it's what I've grown up with. It's what I like to do. Yeah, it's it's fine. And maybe we can help you. Maybe we can't. At least point somebody in the right direction. Sure. Well,
0: and the demographics are great right now because you and I are baby boomers. So the baby boomers are moving into this whole new area of their life. I was reading the other night, millennials are starting to hit the age of 40. And I went... Wait a minute, what? That's right. How can that, what does that make me? So we're seeing this transition and this transition of wealth, of course, of yep. baby boomers, because I looked at a chart of the difference between what baby boomers have accumulated in their lifetime versus where millennials are. If you look yep. at the same time and the boomers are way above uh, in every respect, Yep. probably just smarter with their money. I'm thinking, or yep. a different mindset, but probably smarter with with our money. I hope so. There'll be this big transition of wealth and vehicles that have wealth to our children, and they may not want those cars. It might not be important. In fact, in some cases, they may go. That's the car that kept dad away from me. I don't like these cars at all. So uh,
1: that's absolutely true. And there, there, and then you'll get in a situation where there's you know multiple siblings. You know those types of oh yeah. You know, what, do you, what, what are you going to do? Yep. Um, but you're right. Baby boomers were about accumulation. And millennials are about experience. Yes. But at some point you do need stuff and whether you do it yourself or you inherit it or however it works, the stuff that the baby boomers had, isn't going to disappear. Right. It's going to go somewhere. Yeah. So all we want to do is put those people kind of in control of that decision-making process. You can't ask anybody to give you a, a reason why it doesn't make sense. Everybody knows they should do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like going to get your annual physical. Yes everybody knows you should do it but eh, you know guys typically don't cuz we just don't you know and it's, it's just the right thing to do for every, everybody's benefit um, for that day that's going to come eventually for all of us. Absolutely.
0: I do a second podcast with Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine called sure. Buy, Sell, Hold. We started it this year. It's once a week on Tuesdays, and you listeners can find it through the Carsio yeah website or at sportscarmarket.com. And we talk about the market specifically, the collectible market. And of course, this year, uh, the one we've been asking our guests, what's one word that describes the collectible car market today? And boy, have we gotten some interesting words. Last week's show with Carl Bomstead was squishy. Uh, okay. So uh, some have been with uh, have been very positive. Some have been mostly just like, who knows where we're at right now. So yep. uh, yeah, it it wanes and ebbs and flows. We've all seen that. So I think it's a tremendous service. I'll make sure I put a link to Jim's show notes page, to his website on his show notes page on the Car Show website. Yep. You know, Jim, uh, we're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, I'm going to ask you a question about challenge, about failure, and then we're going to dive into your personal relationship with cars. So keep the seatbelt on. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation to talk about our charity of choice here at Cars. Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians. And restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through automotive related events, car shows, and drives. Among those nonprofits is RPM Foundation, a terrific organization working to keep our favorite collector cars on the road. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. So far, they've awarded more than $3.5 million to restoration education projects across 35 states. Incredible. To learn more about RPM or to donate to their mission, visit www.rpm.foundation. You'll be glad you did. and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at sportscarmarket.com. That's an exclusive offer from Cars yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, Jim, we're back. You know, I asked all my guests this question. I want you to share a big failure or challenge time in your life or your career. Kind of walk us through that difficult period, but more importantly, what was that lesson learned so you could sure. come out of that in a positive
1: way. Yeah, I've got two actually. And how do I and it has nothing not correlated at all, which is okay. interesting. So, 89, 1990, I and a friend sounds like a toothpick story again here, uh-huh. uh, got together and we developed a company called the Collegiate Book Exchange Network, CBIN. If you remember, 1990, this interweb thing was just starting to happen. And uh, we were college students at the time. And the only way you could buy and sell college textbooks were through the college textbooks store. If you've been to college, you all remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> And the best you could do at the time was a, a bulletin board in your dorm room, potentially. Or you'd post, "This is what I got," and uh, we actually built a program, built a business that worked on the time it was on the local area network, the LAN system, because the internet was still too shaky Pretty to fuzzy. get a hold of.
0: Yeah,
1: and actually sold that to a few universities in Indiana. It was absolutely—if we'd have been in Silicon Valley, I would be showing my cars every year at Pebble. <laughs> yes, one of those things, right? I understand? Yeah. But as it was, we were two incredibly different people. Um, I was more the marketing sales guy. We just need to get it out. And my, my partner at the time was the IT guy. And if you remember back in the day when you sold um, – people bought computer products, programs, they sold seat licenses, personal seat licenses. Mm-hmm. And no way could a, a university or we were actually selling it to the student organizations at the time afford you know, $20, $25 a computer. And I wanted it everywhere. Yeah. And – my partner didn't. I did. So after about six months, sold it to three universities, made about 1500 bucks. That was it. Yeah. We went the way of lots of different internet companies when we oh, yeah. started. Sure. That's one story. And I'll get to my, my um, uh, message here in a second. The second one was soon after, I took an opportunity to uh, go to Bulgaria um, in 1991. Wow. Uh, communism had recently fell. In the eastern block in bulgaria and they were privatizing companies over there and so me and my uncle who was a downhill skier and another friend who had acquaintances there went there to buy a downhill ski manufacturing company called malados m-l-a-d-o-s-t and so we, we get there um sofia bulgaria is where we were stationed out of and drove to Chaplari, which which beautiful ski town oh, by the way i don't ski by the way so let's start there and, and so we get to the factory we meet everybody um it's great we chose not to sell the the manufacturing plant but they would sell us skis very inexpensively and they were the eastern Bloc version of atomic skis so anybody yeah. who knows skis would atomic, know atomic big and brand yeah yeah and so eastern Bloc countries had western Companies just under different names. So, same technology, the whole nine yards. And so, we shipped all these skis back and we thought we were going to do great. And there was no snow. Oh, no. 1991, 92, if you go back and look, there was no snow anywhere. And all the manufacturers were dump- dumping their skis because yeah. there wasn't any snow. And this is when the whole global warming thing started showing up. You know, yeah. it's like, it, Things happen, right? Sure. Yeah. So, timing. Timing is everything yes. from business. And from my, the Collegiate Book Exchange Network, timing. If we'd have been a year or two later when the internet was really starting to take off, sure. when investors were looking to capitalize on young college entrepreneurial kids' yes. ideas, you yeah. think of the people. Mark Zuckerberg. Well right? yeah.
0: Out of college, let's rate the girls as they walk
1: by. There Who'd have go. thought that would evolve That's into right. Facebook? That's yeah. exactly right. So yeah. so I think in in the one lesson that I would take away from business, it's a combination of luck and timing, but yeah. I think more timing. Yes. Right ideas just happen at the right time. Yes. And you know, Henry Ford is making cars, they're making cars all over the world. He just was best at it and pushed through where a lot of other people gave up. You know, all the d- disruptors, they call them now. The ones that are successful, it was the right time, Uber, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And there's a lot of people had that, that idea, but it just took people to push through um, the issues that they, would, they had to push through in combination with the right time, and they're successful. So that, that's really my, my takeaway on all these things, and that's why I think back to my company, Connection Advisors. I think timing, this is a perfect time. The, our demographic yes. for yeah. the collectors breaks my heart to see my friends, including my parents from their late 80s now, get older but that's where the accumulation is taken and this is going to be an hourly problem, not a daily. Every hour we're losing people. Right. right? Right. And so if I can be around to help them get through, that's, that's the point that's timing to me is everything when it comes to business.
0: Great stories. Fantastic. I remember my kids went to college and now they've got those online systems. It's very easy. I still have college textbooks back in my library. I'll never look at them again. I haven't looked at them in 30, 40 years. I just can't throw them away. Uh, And nobody wants them. I mean,
1: they're obsolete. Yeah. That's right. They were so expensive. And what we learned, again, this is fun kind of thinking back about this, was that just because one university wasn't using a specific textbook, because as soon as the next version would come out, there's a lot of universities that were still using the old textbook. But there was no connection between the two. So kids were throwing these books away, not realizing that, there could be another university in their same town that are still using that book. They had no way to get that information back and forth. So that's where eBay came from. You know, that kind of stuff, right? Amazon, Amazon was books, right?
0: At any rate. Yeah. Timing is everything. Well, let's jump into your passion for cars. Uh, what was the story, uh, a pivotal moment, if you will, in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy?
1: So, um, again, always grew up with cars. Very fortunate with that. My dad, uh, I mean, we we were growing up in Indiana. I know technically you had to be 16 to drive a car, but we had a big yard. One of those things. <laughs> sure. And and so I learned my I learned to drive in a Model T. Actually. Wow. Um, the, that was actually took my driver's test in one when I was 16. In a Model T. That's right. 27T Roadster. But you know what's interesting is if you if you've never driven a car, the a Model T is the easiest car to drive. You push down, you let up. The right foot's the brake. The center's the reverse. And the other interesting thing is if you pull the brake lever up halfway, it can never go into high. So you're always into low. Ah. So when I'm 10, 11 years old, driving Model Ts around our yard, my dad would just put the handbrake halfway, and you'd push down on the low gear pedal, which is the left pedal, and you're driving. And you're only going six, seven miles an hour, about like a lawnmower. But if you got in trouble, you'd let your foot off the brake and it would coast to a stop. (laughs) So um, kids actually, it's a great car to start learning to drive with. Um, They don't have any bad habits for them. They don't know any different. And so, yeah, that's that's when I got started then. And then obviously, again, my dad's shop was really focused on pre-1915 cars. Mm -hmm. So early on, I was exposed to, I mean, Mercer Raceabouts, my dad's had Uh, multiple big simplex automobiles, early, early stuff where normally you'd have to be a billionaire to afford playing with these things. As it was, I was a test driver. Yeah. It was just, it was just one of those (laughs) things. So I, I knew, I knew early on that, uh, the cars, again, motorcycles, Anything, anything with a motor that, that was probably going to be for me.
0: That was your thing. How about a first, yeah. a first special vehicle that you've owned? What was that first vehicle that has a great memory for you, but it's something that you really worked hard to get?
1: So, and actually it's important. You said really worked hard to get, because I think sacrifice is critical in appreciation. And if you don't have to sacrifice something to get something, it doesn't mean anything to you. Right. So, my I drove a uh, uh, four screen sixty nine SS three ninety six Camaro in high school. Yeah, paid forty five hundred bucks for it. Sold it for sixty five. I was king of the hill. That yeah. was an important car. the <laughs> The first car that I would say that really means something to me, though, that uh, I've sold it since because wow. we just didn't use it. But I had a nineteen thirteen Renault. Nineteen thirteen. Yep, yep. Oh it was a God. car that my father and I restored together. He put all the other projects uh, aside in the shop at the time. Wow. And it went from a basket case that we bought in Peterborough, Canada to a um, award-winning restoration in about three months. Three months? That's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. exactly right.
0: That's incredible. And it's a
1: car. Yeah. And it's a car that uh, I ended up with my honeymoon car. My wife and I got married in it and then actually (laughs) went and did our honeymoon on a VMCCA, Veteran Motor Car Club of America, one and two-cylinder tour in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. No kidding. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. So our, our honeymoon car, that was probably the, uh, yeah, that, that's probably the most important car that I've ever owned. Again, it's a different kind of car. Right. And cutting your fingers and getting dirty, restoring it makes it important. Of course. So, that'd what be the one.
0: A, what a unique story. Well, I'm going to get in your head a little bit here, Jim. If you woke up tomorrow in your vehicle... You were actually manifest as a vehicle. Not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a you vehicle. Did. What would you be and why?
1: What would I be and why as a vehicle? I'm trying to think of a vehicle that is – that's a really good question. <laughs> Probably an F-150 pickup truck. Okay. Yeah, I've heard. And the reason why I <laughs> yeah. say that is yeah. dependable. Everybody needs a good truck, right? Right. Yeah, And if you don't have one, you want to know somebody with one.
0: Yep.
1: Because you need them every once in a while. Long history, one of the longest running manufactured car vehicles made.
0: Yeah.
1: And they literally go until they're done. I mean, trucks, that's why you never see any old trucks anymore, hardly at all, because people used them up until they couldn't use them. And then that right. was it. Yeah. So that would probably fit my personality as good as anything. Yeah, I would say that. Actually. Okay,
0: I like it. Great answer. Well thought through. Well, we're going to enter what I call the last lap, a little bit of a lightning ground. I'm going to fire off some questions and have you give us some very quick blips of that F-150 pickup throttle. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes in life over the years?
1: I really try to stay in tune with what's going on and not just at a 10,000 level, but a a a very granular level of owners, again, talking about cars here and the passion behind it, Mm -hmm. not reading the headlines, reading the details, because you could have a a great auction somewhere, headlines, and then you start reading the details that then kind of makes you wonder a little bit. But that's probably, yeah, that would be it. Always, always learning.
0: How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that person be?
1: So, Five years ago, my answer would be much different than it is today. All right. I think we're living in history. We are living in history right now. We don't realize it. I think that there's some people out there that would say, you know, Henry Ford would be the guy. I mean, the put people in the cars. Today, it'd be Elon Musk. Yep. He, to me, he's an entrepreneur, a businessman. Um, he owns a Model T. He sees things differently. Yep. And I, I know there's people on both sides, the, the spectrum with him, but just to bend his ear ear and listen to him for an hour or so, I, I think there, there couldn't be any better person in history at this point that I would want to sit and have a conversation with.
0: Boy, me too. He's a hard guy to get to. Believe me, I'm trying, but uh, sure, maybe one day I'll get him on the show. That would be a
1: dream come true.
0: How about the best automotive advice someone else has given you? What would that be?
1: So uh, probably the same old story: buy what you love. Yeah, I mean, if you uh, anybody who tries to buy anything for an investment, fine. But if you buy what you love, you're never going to lose. That's all there is to it. So that would be, that's what everybody's always told me. I agree with it.
0: You know, I hear that over and over and over again, especially on the Buy, Sell, whole podcast. And these yep. are people that deal in that type of world. I mean, they know what to buy and how to sell and make money. For the rest of us, if you do that, you, I just say you're pretty darn lucky. Uh, yeah. But if the market goes sideways and goofy like it is now, at least you have something you like in the garage, right? That that's exactly enjoy. right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how about a a great resource for our listeners? I would assume one great resource would be Carnection Advisors yeah, uh, for sure. sure. Is there another one you might want to add to that?
1: So I would look at, depending on where you're at around the world, I'm sure your podcast is heard everywhere. I would absolutely just through Google in this day and age, look at foreign European sites just to get their take on things. You know, one of my biggest frustrations now is that you can find things instantly online, Where in the old days, you had to write letters back and forth and photos and those things. But at the same time, it gives you access to really anything you want. So, you know, there's prewarcar.com. There's all kinds of sites out there where people can kind of find what they're looking for or ask questions. Great resources. Ring a Trailer is still an awesome site. I mean, just all the comments. Uh, any of those.
0: Well, and the day we're recording this uh, is the day after they were just acquired by Hearst. So uh, yesterday, congratulations to uh, Randy, who's been a past guest here and his business partner for selling that entity. I understand they're still going to run it, but Hearst acquired it. So, uh, you know, the American dream of building a business and selling it. And I'll tell you, when Randy was on my show, that was the day they decided to Start doing an auction. So I got a little bit of a scoop, I guess they call it in journalism, that this was coming. And at the time, I thought this is brilliant. And of course, that's been the huge success of that absolutely of that brand. Yeah, they've uh, they've taken more of my time away from me than I'd like to admit. <laughs> All of us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So uh, congratulations to uh, uh, Randy and his business partner there for selling that entity. I hope they don't mess it up. That's my only concern. Uh, I just hope they make it better. Uh, we'll hope that they do that for sure. How about a book, Jim? Is there a book that you've read you'd like to share?
1: Oh, yeah. One of my cars that I have, um, it's a dryer Sprint car. Pop dryer built it, late 1930s. Um, they called him Pop. Pop is his biography. Okay. And written by his um, grandson, uh, Mike Dreyer, out of Indianapolis. An incredible book, should be made into a movie. It is kind of like The World's Fastest Indian, if you remember that movie oh, that yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. With that, Very similar. Uh, Pop Dryer was a uh, Harley uh, Indian motorcycle racer in the 1920s, worked for Duesenberg, but they called him Pop. Very hard book to find. Absolutely, if you can pick up a copy, my mom who's not the biggest car fan read this book in 2 days. She couldn't put it down. Really? Wow. Okay. Yes, it is absolutely amazing. So right. that would be that would be my book that I would suggest that you probably nobody's probably told you that one no
0: before. i'm excited yep. you know i've got a place on my website called guest recommended books where there's over 1600 books listed there now made it real easy for people to click and buy them uh, but this is the first uh for this title so i'm very excited something new i'll have to go out there and see if i can find that in a used bookstore somewhere online or ebay of course uh yep. where you can find pretty much everything i've sold some books there bought some books there all right jim we're up to the checkered flag. And I'm going to ask you a question that could be a bit of a doozy for you. I'm going to sell or I'm going to buy you actually not sell to you. I'm going to buy you a collector car. Anything on the planet doesn't matter where it is. But there's a couple rules that might make this a challenge. And probably the most difficult rule for you would be it's the only one collector car you can have. So if you have a vehicle in your garage that you won't give up, I don't have to buy you a car. And that's great. Uh, I love it when people own the cars they love. But if there is another vehicle, I'd love to buy it for you. You can't sell it. To buy back all your old cars with. So that little trick's uh, off the table. <laughs> so if your your brain's thinking that way, like the genie, you know, you can have one wish. I want a million more wishes. Nope, can't do that. Uh, and I want it to be a car that ticks all the boxes. So a car that you'll take out and enjoy. Not just a garage queen. Uh, so what can I get you today?
1: Uh, what would that car actually be? Yeah, um, yeah that, that is a that is a good one. It would tick all the boxes, things that I I, I wouldn't... I can't sell it, right?
0: No, um, no, you got to keep. This portable, is a keeper, so it's got to be something that if you love you to go on tours, drives, or yep. maybe you just love to wax your car. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but it yeah. needs to be a car that kind of is all encompassing for you. Uh, it could be super expensive, or maybe it doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah, if you can't sell it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. make any difference with yeah. the values, right? Right. So, oh my gosh, I would probably, if I had, if I had to pick, I would probably do. Again, this isn't a super high dollar car. Okay. I'd go with like a three liter Bentley. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> um,
1: it, it's the, the bigger ones, depending on who's worked on them, can drive like a truck. Three liters are nice and sporty. They go right down the road. Yeah. Uh, the spot nice bodies, um, light, reliable, incredibly reliable. You can take your friends with you, throw your dog in the back if you want to. Sure. Uh, that would probably be. That would probably be the car. Um, you don't see them all the time, which is also kind of fun. I would go with that. I'd, okay. I'd say any any three-liter. That'd be great. You
0: know, it's a great choice for someone like you that loves older cars, but something that's a little more drivable, reliable, yep. if you will. And the three-liter, yeah, the Bentleys were just uh, – I had so many people on the show that love those cars. Uh, I know Sandra Button, who runs the Pebble Beach Concours. Bentleys are her cars of choice. Sure. uh, It's a car she chose as the the one car to have and got many friends. In fact, the first woman who was a guest on the show, Diane Brandon, who's a Rolls-Royce and Bentley expert. She's been a judge at Pebble for over 25 years now, I think just always speaks highly of those it rolls rice as well but bentley has that sporting character and sure. something different about it so okay we'll get to work there's plenty of those out there we just got to find the right one for you <laughs> uh so i'll get to work there with you since you live so close we can go out for a drive to the coast maybe or the mountains uh in the Perfect. pacific northwest it'll be a nice thing to do jim you're taking it with me on a great ride today thanks for sharing your stories with us before i let you go though could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the countryside in that three-liter Bentley?
1: A um, little bit of wisdom. We still live in the greatest country on the planet. Don't ever forget it. That's how I would leave that today. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Great, uh, great advice, especially during these difficult times. And the best way for people to reach you is through your website, Carnectionadvisors.com perfect okay great i'll make sure i put a link to that on jib's show notes page uh this is a great resource for you listeners and if you're a older guy like me uh excellent resource to think about for your future your kid's future and so forth or if you have friends that could use this again i'll put a link on his show notes page hey jim thanks for spending some time with us today here on cars for sharing your expertise your knowledge and great stories until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road thank you you're welcome